Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell, and uh, Pat Rooney is back with me this week after uh, travel did not allow him to join me last week, but somehow it does this week as you're sitting in the airport in Chicago, correct? My favorite city. Uh, <laughs> Midway is maybe not my favorite airport, but uh, yeah, November in Chicago. It's slushy and gray, so uh, sometimes it's good to know some things never change. Brian Howell. Yeah, at least if you can't see the city, at least you know it's the same. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. So, exactly. Well, we're, we're obviously going to talk some football. The Buffs have uh, another football game. I mean, they mercifully have to play two more of these things. Say, just yeah. two more left, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's only about, uh, I guess, 10 days left of this season. So uh, we're going to talk about that. But we want to start with basketball because, um, first off, that's what you cover, and that's where you're. That's why you're in the airport right now is you're on your way to Myrtle Beach could not find that direct flight to Myrtle Beach, apparently, but yeah. you're going to be there in time, hopefully, uh, for the Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Invitational. I don't know if that's what it's called, but um, it is. It is. Okay, great. <laughs> and the Buffs obviously coming off of a, a great win against Tennessee uh, this last weekend. Uh, you know, fantastic. You know, one of the best wins we've seen Tad have in his tenure. Uh, but now they got to they got to back it up. I mean, you know, that win's going to mean a lot at some point, but only if they play well from this point forward. I mean, you've got to back it up with a pretty good showing this week, don't you? Uh, I agree totally. And I think, you know, besides just getting the win, I think the best thing that could come of this past, uh, it's the same road trip for them. I actually came home for a couple nights, but one of the, uh, I think, biggest learning lessons that could be taken to heart from this team is one night at Grambling State, they, they struggled to bring their own energy. They certainly didn't play with any kind of defensive intensity, not nearly the level that team is capable of. Uh, and they ran into an inspired team and, uh, you know, a team that they should have beat wound up winning fairly handily. And then less than 48 hours later, uh, you take down the number 11 team in the country, the defending SEC champs, and a team that basically was playing a home game. Um, and I, I get that Tennessee doesn't play on that floor regularly either, but they had 10,000 fans in their corner as well. So, uh, you know, incredible turnaround in, in that time span. And yes, like, to your point, they do have to back it up. But I think the, uh, you know, one of the telling things that, that could come from this is, uh, you know, if, if they didn't learn the lesson uh, that was kind of smacked them right in the face about, the need to bring the same energy that did against Tennessee every night. It was kind of laid out all in front of them in those two games. So we'll see how they carry that into Myrtle beach. Yeah. And you were there. I mean, obviously the, the results were, were dramatically different, but I can't imagine that there's a more dramatic uh, difference. One game to the next in atmosphere, you know, from Grambling state. I know you thought it was going to be, you know, a pretty good crowd, but it was not. I mean, uh, looked like there was almost there was hardly anybody there. Um, to then you go to Tennessee and uh, you know you got all those uh, Vol fans in there. So I imagine that it was a dramatic change in in atmosphere as well. And maybe that maybe the Buffs didn't respond to you know kind of a, a lackadaisical atmosphere at Grambling. Yeah, it didn't hit me until I walked into the arena in Nashville that I can't remember just myself personally on these like two game trips ever being in two gyms uh, within a couple days that were, you know, so vastly different. You had the, the little arena at Grambling State that, you know, maybe held about 3,000. I was surprised. Uh, the announced attendance was 800-something. There was not that many people there. I mean, a little bit before tip-off, I was able to count how many people uh, were in the seats. 
Uh, and that was, you know, I thought the band would be there, you know, some sort of pep band version of the Grambling State Band and a packed house. But it was none of those things. Now, to Grambling State's credit, they played as if that was the atmosphere behind them. Uh, but then you walk in the arena in Nashville, it's a NHL arena, you know, basically felt like an NBA arena. Uh, you know, like I said, less than 48 hours later. So, you know, it certainly is difficult to uh, bring that kind of energy uh, in an empty gym like that. But you know what? They might face a gym like that tomorrow morning. It's, you know, going to be early afternoon East Coast. But uh, when they take on UMass to start off uh, this Myrtle Beach tournament, you know, I don't I, I can't imagine it's going to be a heavily attended game, um, you know, and uh, the bus will have to find a way to you know kind of generate their own energy that they're unable to do uh last week at grambling state yeah and you mentioned you know the buffs can look towards that grambling game as a, as a learning opportunity and but frankly you know some of these guys that were on this team last year i'm thinking kj simpson neat clifford you know guys like that they can look at the paradise jam from last year and they didn't respond very well in that situation losing in that first round that was a very disappointing tournament last year um how much has that fueled these guys I've talked with them a little bit about that before the trip. Uh, a lot of it in terms of, you know, that was a, that was a pretty long trip, long road trip the way this one is. Uh, and, you know, they didn't shake it off right away last year. That team was more of a team that uh, kind of got better and grew up as the season went on. Now, I think we're going to see some of that with this team, certainly. Uh, they have a lot of new pieces. I do think this team is going to be better in February uh, in general than what we've seen in November, you know, regardless of how well they played the other day against Tennessee. I do think this is the look of a team that's going to keep getting better and better as the season goes on. I would say one big difference is, uh, you know, a couple of the guys you just mentioned, the Nick Clifford, KJ Simpson, you know, they're, they're not uh, starting lineup rookies or rotation rookies anymore. Uh, they're kind of the veterans now. They should know a little bit more what to expect. Uh, you know, Tristan De Silva could be put in that boat as well. Uh, so I would say that's one difference between last year's and this year's team. And, you know, because of that, I would think that they, they should be in line for a better showing at Myrtle Beach this week than we saw at the Paradise Jam last year. Now, they're going to play some better teams. Um, you know, UMass had a bad loss at home last week. I would expect that to be a matchup the Buffs could handle. Um, but then they could have another test. They, they, they could be in line to play number 24, Texas A&M, on Friday, bright and early, and that will be another great test for this team. Yeah, and then the other side, you know, you got Loyola Chicago, um, who's obviously been, you know, a, a name in the tournament recent years. I don't know how good they are this year, but Tulsa, Boise State, Charlotte, uh, Murray State is the other team in this tournament. So um, certainly an opportunity for the Buffs. If they win this thing, it would be a pretty solid tournament victory. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. If they come home from this with a, a tournament victory, I think that'd be a, a, you know, a great start for this team, you know, especially if you're talking about a win against Texas A&M. You know, you go into next week, I know it's only first two weeks of the season, but there's not going to be too many teams with a, a couple top 25 wins on their resume, if it comes to that. We're kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Uh, but yeah, sure, if they run the table and wound up coming home with the, the, the championship of this they will have beaten a couple of very good teams along the way. And uh, you think they'd be in line to, to make kind of a good run at home, uh, which they'll, they'll have mostly home games uh, after this, uh, except for one quick trip to Washington. It's going to be all home games until the end of December. Yeah. 
Uh, awesome. So uh, good things with the buffs uh, in the women's basketball team. Um, as we uh, do this on uh, on Wednesday afternoon, the women play tonight actually at Texas Tech. Uh, but they're three and zero, three easy wins. They've looked very impressive so far. Um, and Texas Tech lost on its home floor uh, last night against uh, um, Jackson State. So the Buffs have a shot to go four and zero, but uh, they're off to a pretty impressive start. We'll see how they do tonight. But um, basketball as a whole off to a pretty good start. And so um, I know that Buff fans need a good basketball season. <laughs> I, I, you know, weirdly, I get the sense even more, and this isn't the first time the basketball team looks to be pretty solid while the football team is ending a poor season, but uh, there's something different about this feeling this year. To me, I get the sense buff fans are, are really ready to latch on to a winner and for their sake, it's been a tough fall. I hope they uh, get it with the men's, well, both teams really. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> we're talking about, the awesome thing about this program right now is we're talking about the results so far, but that's those aren't even the biggest headlines probably of the week for the Buffs. I mean, you, they added a five-star and a four-star recruit uh, to the next recruiting class. So, you know, obviously a great uh, great week in recruiting for the men's basketball team as well. So um, outside of that Grambling loss, it's been a pretty darn good week for Tad Boyle. So um, well, I wrote I wrote about it a little bit uh, yesterday or I think Monday when K.J. Simpson got the, the Pac-12 Player Week award. It's like for – for just the first week of the regular season, there sure has been a heck of a lot of headlines and news to deal with. And, you know, even after kind of a routine opening night win, you, you had a bad loss on the road at a place you rarely visit. You had the benching of a starting lineup. You turn around with that revamp lineup and knock off a big time team on the road. And then you get this player of the week award and then you get another recruit signing. So for, uh, for the first week of the season, it sure has been an eventful one. Yeah, and what better way to shake off a bad loss than to beat a, a top fifteen team and then sign a four star, right? <laughs> you know, in the next in the next few days afterwards. So, can't ask for a better way to uh, rebound from that. Now, the football team has a chance to do that as well, but I don't feel as good about that. They've Chances got are probably a little less slim. Yeah, they they, they have a top fifteen team. Uh, opponent this week in Washington, um, you know, in Seattle. So uh, the Buffs are 31 point underdogs, I think is what it is. And uh, they've been, this will be the third straight week, they've been 30 plus point underdogs and hard to see them coming away with that victory and, and pulling off the top 15 win that the, the basketball team did. I don't know if there's any four stars that are right around the corner uh, ready to sign with this football team right now. So uh, at this point, Pat, we're really just kind of, uh, playing out the string with this football team and just, you know, who's the, who's the next head coach, right? Yeah, that's pretty much where we're at. And certainly we don't mean to, you know, demean any of the guys on the team or the coaching staff. I know they've all been working hard. This isn't the way it's anyone wanted it to go this fall. You know, I, I still give Mike Sanford a lot of credit. I think he's done a heck of a job in a really impossible situation trying to keep this team together the, the results don't show up. We've said it before. I do think they've been playing harder and, you know, giving, giving more effort out there and just, you know, have, have functioned a lot better under Mike Sanford than we saw, uh, you know, during the 0 and 5 start that, you know, precipitated the coaching change. So, um, you know, and, and we all knew the schedule was going to be tough down the stretch. Now, here we are. And, you know, Brian, you were, it was weird. This was a rare time. I didn't actually get to watch much of the football game. It was going on the same time as the, the game at Grambling. I, I caught a little bit of the second half while I was riding back at the hotel, but uh, obviously I was kind of focused on getting my stuff done. But 
you know, it just it just kind of looked like more of the same, Brian Howell. It's, it's this team is just vastly overmatched, and I would expect them to be the next two games here to finish out the stretch as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what made kind of the first quarter so shocking, and I know you, you didn't see it. I don't know if you went back and watched, but, I mean, them being up three to two at the end of the first quarter, such a weird I did first see the quarter. Three, I, I did see the three and three to two score came across, which I yeah. which I appreciate. You got to appreciate a good three to two football score. So right, and I mean it was surprising in some ways, but I mean the way the defense came out and they forced a couple punts and get an interception, which you know Kayla Williams had only thrown one all year. You know that first quarter, you're like, what the heck is going on here? And you know, and and some of the buffs have said that they threw some different things at USC. Uh, to start start things off, and that probably threw the Trojans off. But then it took about a quarter for USC to say, "All right, we know what you're doing now." And then uh, <laughs> we're the Trojans, so you know they just kind of took off from there. So uh, yeah, it was more of the same. Um, I do I do credit you know Mike Sanford. I also uh, you know I, I don't want to rip you know players uh, too much, especially at this point. You're you kind of you know burying them too much or kicking them when they're down. But um, you know. Adam Munster Tiger and I were talking about this uh, this week that you know, at this point you kind of if you're a Buff fan you kind of watch some of these young guys and see what their development is and and watch some of the things they do on the field and hope they stay and then also celebrate some of these veterans that have you know even though they haven't won they've given a lot to the Buffs you know I'm thinking guys like Alex Fontenot who may have had his best game of his career last week against USC yeah. I mean you know ran really well I mean that's that's as good as I've ever seen him run the football. Uh, he looked really good. You know, guys like Brady Russell, uh, Casey Roddick is a junior, but whether he comes back, I don't know. Uh, there's some seniors on this team, Terrence Lang, uh, that have been around for a while that, you know, at least celebrate some of those individuals. And, you know, even if the results aren't what they are, at least you can look at those individuals. That's kind of how I'm looking at it because it's hard to see them really being competitive in these last two games. And, and, you know, and, almost analyzing the games seems pointless because it's just going to take such a monumental um, and maybe flu series of fluky events for them to even be in the game. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It goes to what I said earlier. I don't want to uh, you know, demean any of the guys putting in the effort. Certainly there's a lot of guys that are on their way out that have given a lot to the program and, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, if, if a new coach, you know, there's certainly some talents in the, in the younger classes and you would hope some of those guys stick around. Uh, so they have something to at least maybe build with as opposed to completely starting over. But with a new coach coming in, you never know how that's going to play out. And, you know, I feel like really that's the biggest question now, Brian, is, you know, when exactly do you think that announce will happen? Do you think they would even do it before the Utah game? Or do you think that's something that will maybe happen shortly thereafter? Yeah, the, the timetable is interesting because next week is Thanksgiving. Um, and there's also, I don't know how many people think about this, but I mean, Rick George is on the CFP committee. Well, he spends Monday and Tuesday in Dallas at the CFP meeting. So, you know, there's there's not going to be an announcement Monday or Tuesday of next week, and then Wednesday's a regular you know practice day. Thursday's Thanksgiving. I can't imagine them doing doing anything those days. Um, so I, I could see potentially an announcement coming on that Friday, the day before the Utah game, uh, maybe the Sunday, you know, the day after it. So that's kind of my timetable is maybe the fr- maybe the day before the Utah game, or maybe uh, right after the Utah game, but. Um, I don't think it'll go really into that next week, um, not past that next Monday. So I, I think we're in the final stretch and, you know, within the last, uh, 
you know, 13, 12 days of this search. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And, I, you know, for me, like I said, I'm, they still got two games to play. And, you know, like uh, to your point, you know, certainly guys are, you know, they've, they've talked about it in, in the stories you've been putting out, especially some of the older guys about, you know, trying to, you know, kind of go out with some fight and I expect them to do that. But, you know, at this point, you know, for this program, the, the big thing is you know, really who comes in and, and what comes next. And, you know, hopefully there'll be some clarity on that in the next two weeks. Yeah, the, the biggest moment for this football team is uh, that probably that first week after, you know, coach whoever is hired uh, and to see what he does as far as retaining, especially the, that young talent, that that freshman and sophomore uh, classes, seeing what he does there. So that's kind of the big thing there. But we always do predictions, so let's do that. Um, do you have a thought on this game with Washington? Really a fan of their quarterback. Every time I've watched him this year, uh, and I caught a good chunk of the, the game against Oregon, Washington-Oregon game uh, this past weekend from uh, my hotel in Nashville. And uh, I just had, you know, like every other quarterback almost that's going up against the Buffs this year, I'd expect him to have a big day against the Buffs, uh, you know, kind of along the same lines that we've we've talked about in some of these other games. I, I think it'll be 48 to 13 Washington. All right. Well, I'm I'm thinking along the same lines. The only the only shot I give CU really of of somewhat staying in the game is the fact that Washington's coming off a, an extremely emotional game against Oregon, who is a bitter rival of theirs, uh, a huge win. And then next week they have the Apple Cup, which is another you know kind of bitter rivalry with Washington State. And so in between that, they have Colorado and there's no reason for, for, for Washington to get up and they can't stay emotionally up for three weeks in a row. Um, I, I think this is, I'm not even going to call it a trap game because I don't think Washington's <laughs> going to lose the game, but like it, it's, it's a game that CU might be able to catch Washington being a little bit disinterested. And that, yeah, you're looking, that, you're looking for the old emotional letdown. Right. Right. But I, but in this case, you know, I don't even think an emotional letdown, allow CU to win the game. I just don't think they're capable of, of beating a team that good, even with emotional letdown. I just think that it maybe allows them to, to cover the spread and, and stay in the game a little bit. Um, I'm going to go Washington winning this 42 to 20 um, and the buffs are in it a little bit more than that maybe is expected. But I think if that's the case, it's because Washington's kind of disinterested. Yeah, maybe more of an emotional hiccup than right. a letdown. Yeah. Right. That might be a, a better term for it. And, <laughs> and But honestly, you know, for the, for Colorado to win this game, I mean, they've got to be plus four, plus three in turnovers, and, and a bunch of fluky things have to happen. And um, I just, I just don't see that happening. Uh, the way this football team has played this year, and the way Washington's been playing lately, it's just really hard to see that happening. So, uh, best hope to, for me is, you know, that uh, that Washington's overlooking the buffs and CU's allowed to be competitive a little bit. So well, we'll you see. have safe travels out to Seattle for sure. Um, leaving, uh, I'm losing track of my days here. You going on Friday? Actually, going on Thursday because uh, okay, bringing my son uh, Mason, oh, yeah. who's, nice. who's been nice. to some of the home games, yeah. he finally finally gets to go on a road trip with me. So we're gonna uh, make the most of it, go out a day early, and uh, you know he gets a weekend with dad. So that'll be kind of fun. Nice. That's awesome that you get to do that with him. Uh, and I am about an hour away from getting on my flight to Myrtle Beach. So I will stay in touch with you long distance. I, I, I'm going to write about this a little bit more 
over the weekend. But uh, a shout out to Mark Johnson, who's going to be making that Seattle to Myrtle Beach commute strictly to call uh, the. Uh, well, I should say, take that back. He's going to do Myrtle Beach to Seattle to get there in time for the basketball for the football game after uh, I think he's calling the first game in Myrtle Beach. But anyway, I know Mark's going back and forth from Seattle. He went from L.A. to Nashville to, to get to that game. Uh, so we're putting on our miles. But a uh, shout out to Mark Johnson uh, for the, the, the commutes he's doing to call the Buffs. Yeah, well, he's putting in a lot of miles. You are as well. So um, both of you, uh, you know, get a gold star at the end of all this. I at least came home for a couple nights in between this. The team's been on the road the whole time. So not Mark Johnson. I think he went back to Colorado in between games. But right. um, but the team, the basketball teams uh, stayed on the, the road the whole time. I, I did come home for a couple nights. But uh, now I won't be home until after the weekend. Well, enjoy your weekend. And uh, we'll be back next week to chat about one more football game and uh-huh. uh, catch up on what's going on with basketball as well. <laughs> Sounds good, Brian. Safe travels to you. Everyone, thanks for listening.